So beginning, oh, right, with this bar scene, mm-hmm. I was livid. Why? Because of how stupid she is. That's <laughs> That's also... That's also a trope. Yeah, because they lean that. into the fact that most of the people in these movies, the actual horror movies, are really <laughs> dumb. Welcome to the What's Up Ready Podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and Jerry. My name is JJ Carter. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. Yeah, we appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button so you can keep up with all of our episodes, lives, recordings, weird shit show stuff that we do randomly. It happens. We appreciate it. And uh, go leave us a review. Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, uh, Thumbs up on, go subscribe to us on Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Also, tell a friend about us. Tell your local serial killer about us. We like those guys too, as yeah, long as they listen. Might as well. And tell your creepy uncle at Thanksgiving about us. Yeah, oh, those, yep. <laughs> he might leave you alone after he listens to an episode <laughs> or two. There you go. <laughs> we'll be your shield. We're um, also available for kids' birthday parties. Ooh, um, yeah. So if you want to traumatize your bratty niece or nephew give us a call we'll show up hey man kids love me you might traumatize them but I'll, i traumatize kids i'll fix it <laughs> i'll fix it boom perfect tag team yep uh that was weird and i loved it so uh it, it fits right in we are we are here today to talk about scream six it was released march 10th 2023 It was written by James Vanderbilt, Guy Busick, and Kevin Williamson. It was directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett. It starred Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, Courtney Cox, Jasmine Savoy-Brown, Mason Gooding, Roger Jackson, Dermot Mulroney, Josh Segarra, Jack Champion, Liana Liberato, and Skeet Ulrich. Kind of. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, he's back again. But, uh, you know, in the next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface Killings round five leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. Yeah, scream sick. Poor Alec. Thank you, Charles, for letting me talk about another of the Scream franchise in my podcast. We did Scream 5 before Alec came along. Uh, I tortured another co-host, Javier, with that movie. In fact, that might have been the final knife in Javier's uh, <laughs> podcast, podcast career. career. <laughs> I, it wasn't long after that that he was mad enough at me for because I look it's Scream, right? So I told him it's Scream, dude. They're more funny than they are scary. And then Scream Vibe kind of knocked, took it up a notch with the violence. I mean, we're in 2022 at the point. I mean, they're like, let's make it nuts. And so it was really violent and it was really gory and gruesome and Javier couldn't handle it. He was really mad at me after that (laughs) for a while. But yeah, this one didn't, wasn't as bad to me as part five, but I'm a horror aficionado. I love horror movies and I love the Scream films. I think I texted you, we were talking about it. Scream one is still to me one of the best out there because of what it did to reinvigorate the horror genre. Okay. In 96. Because in 96, all we were, we were relegated to Halloween 52 and 
Yeah. <laughs> Jason or Nightmare on Elm Street 85 and Friday the 13th 94. And all of them were dog shit. And they were just the same movie over and Recycled. over again. Yeah. And then you had some like really terrible horror movies. But there wasn't anything mainstream in horror at that point. The thriller was kind of taking over. So Wes Craven, the genius that he is, comes up with Scream 1 and it completely subverted expectations. It was different. It was funny. But it was tense and it was violent and it was very scary but it was a nice whodunit too like the whole movie you're like who the what the who the fuck is ghost face and it's right in front of your face when you get there anyway i loved it i still love it i'll watch it anytime no matter what so scream has some nostalgia touch for me so i was really glad we were able to do this film though i know you weren't <laughs> yeah i wasn't super thrilled um once again this has been the month for it i hopped into a movie franchise Mm. Uh, past one and just decided to jump in wherever it was currently. So is the MO for screen that they have this little bit of kind of like self-awareness oh, that yeah. this movie had where it's, you know, like, oh, we're in a horror movie. This is what happens yeah. based on other horror movies. Yeah. Okay, because I enjoyed that. Sure. That was a funny little, okay, so it's none of us, so it's got to be one, you, three. Yeah. That whole sequence, I was thoroughly enjoying that. Didn't really enjoy the, you know, scary parts, but thankfully there wasn't a lot of them. Sure. There was like two that got me bad. Yeah. What were they? Um, the one was Gail Weathers boy toy getting mm, tossed through the, the through the wall. And then the second one was when ghost faces in their apartment mm. and you got cute boy who's like trying to get their attention. Yeah. The rest of it, I think was just, I was like waiting for it. Sure. Right. So I, I was tense, all puckered up down, you know, below the <laughs> belt, just like waiting for it. And almost worse than just getting scared out of my mind. Cause I, that was two hours of just like flexing. Yeah. I don't work out or, you know, do anything that involves flexing. <laughs> and it was multiplied. And, you know, JJ, we kind of talked about this. My life is a series of unfortunate inconveniences sitting there. <laughs> In the theater, three o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. I was thinking, nobody's going to be here. No. To the, the right next to me, mm. like just an army of eight year olds. Oh, no. So I was sitting like this, and they're all giggling <laughs> because kids these days are desensitized <laughs> sure. to violence and everything. And they're giggling, and I'm freaking out like, okay, I got to move my knives. Clearly, people are going to find out where they are. I, I have them stashed all over the apartment in random places. Like, great. I got to, I got to change them all. Yeah. This is ridiculous. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I was surprised. I enjoyed it. Nice. Um, as an overall kind of thing, it wasn't so scary that, you know, I couldn't, I haven't been able to sleep, Yeah, but it was scary enough that I was like, okay, you know, I'll go watch Scream 7. Yeah. I'm not watching Scream 1 through 5, but you, I'll watch Scream <laughs> No, seriously, though, like, so here's, here's what my, listening to you talk about this, like, this is all off the okay. cuff, ladies and gentlemen. So this is based on Alec talking about Scream 6. We should see if we can do a watch party of Scream 1. And I only say okay. that, I won't ask you to do any of the others. They're not that great. Scream 2 is okay. Scream 3 is not great. Scream 4 is eh, the worst of the bunch, I think. And Scream 5 is very intense. 
much more I can go for Scream. Just didn't do the original. But Scream 1, like, if you enjoyed, especially, like, the whole taking it, not taking it so seriously at all and being very aware, like, self-aware, you have to watch 1. Because the one difference between 1 and this one, so the twins, for example, to talk about this movie, the twins in this movie, and especially Jasmine Savoy Brown or, or the girl that plays Mindy. So Mindy... And Chad are brother and sister. They're twins. And their uncle is Randy, who Randy in the first films, in the first film and the second film, best character ever. He's played by Jamie. Oh, what's his last name? Big comedian in the 90s. Uh, Jamie Kennedy in the 90s. He had like some shows. He was a good sketch comedian. You'd know his face if you saw it, but he was... He played Randy, who's their uncle. Okay. He works at a video store in this small town of Woodsboro. And he's like a movie buff. So he has the original, there are rules to a horror film. <laughs> okay. And it is like one of the greatest speeches ever written. And he's just this ridiculous character. And what they do in Scream 1, and, and they kind of do it in this, that you see is they take all the ridiculous horror film tropes and they throw them in and then they call them out in the same movie that they're... But the way that they did it in Scream 1 was so good because of the way that they subvert expectations to the point of ridiculousness. And you see a little bit about it in this movie. Like, they talk about there's multiple killers in every one of them but one, which you didn't yeah, they see let you coming <laughs> in the first one. In the first one, you're like, what? And you... They just wildly throw out, and they did it in this one too. They wildly throw out things that make every single person suspect in some way, right? I will say that in this one, in part six, they were a little heavy handed with it in moments. Like, and I guess here's my big issue they've all the screams, I've never fully been able to call who was both killers, or in this one, spoiler alert, all three. I forgot to give a spoiler alert at the beginning of this son of a bitch, but. They should know. They yeah, should they know should by know now. by now. Um, <laughs> like the three of them in this. And then there was like, usually I could figure it like I had a decent idea of who one of them was, but I never fully figured out both of them and everyone because it was usually a weird twist to, that was involved in them. But this one was very predictable for me, more so than usual. And a part of that was I told Casey, I, was, I came home and she was always a fan of Dermot Moroni because he's a good actor. He's done some big movies. Some of her favorite movies had Dermot Mulroney in it. But as soon as I saw him on screen, I was like, well, he's one of the killers. And then I did the same thing because I do this podcast with you. Yeah, I know. I, I, ruined, I was like, he's too famous to bring yeah. him as a side character. Yeah. He's the bad guy. Yeah. And that was one of the things about like the Scream movies is they've always had like, so they had Courtney Cox when at the height of her friend's fame, Nev Campbell, came in she was big with whatever tv show she was on at the time jamie kennedy was somewhat famous but you had less like rose mcgowan in the first one who they were mostly b and c list actors or barely fringe a list because of tv shows that they might have been on like party of five with nev campbell all that fun stuff and everyone's been that way until four and then they started bringing in big ones and you're like jesus okay but this one, like, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, ah, son of a bitch. Because that was one of my favorite parts is other than the people that are famous for this franchise, they still haven't brought in a lot of famous people to fill in those roles. 
they made this same mistake in part five because they brought in uh the kid from uh the from oh my god what's that show on netflix that's extremely violent superhero shit fuck on amazon shit. we've done it the boys the so boys. the kid like stewie from the boys or huey or whatever from the boys okay he was one of the killers in the in part five spoiler alert. okay he was richie he was richie and so i knew he was gonna be the killer they had the same mistake in five because i was like you don't bring in this kid who's now been famous for a couple of years without him being it so anyway that was one of my big issues was i was like as soon as i saw dermot moroni i was like oh okay and then i knew it was gonna be him and his his daughter at the very least when he came out of her murder and was like that's all my kids i'm like oh fuck i was like he's richie's dad and that's how this connection because there's always a weird connection with the killers for the most part after the first one so it was like yeah I was just pissed because I was like, that bothered me that I was able to, there was the little twist of the, the other son in there, but yeah. Anyway, the only thing I didn't love about like was that. All right. Well, I nailed a uh, Dermot Maroney and then I was wishy-washy on everybody else. <laughs> I was like, at one point I was like, it's Mindy. 100% it's Mindy. And then Mindy got stabbed. I was like, okay, never mind." <laughs> yep. Um, and then I was like, uh, what's the FBI chick? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hayden Pinatari. Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's Kirby. And then, no, no, can't be Kirby. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> but I went through, like, everybody. At least for me, like, and having no background in the franchise. And even Oshi was next to me going, it's always two. It's always oh. two. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's not, pretty sure it's just a cop guy <laughs> and then she actually picked up on the three mm. like as soon as they walked into the theater kill box she's gotcha. like it's three of them mm. and i was like no and then she was right but is it also kind of a thing where the i guess main cast lived through just outrageous ridiculous amounts of blood loss and yeah getting stabbed 46 times like poor chad yeah so <laughs> Certain characters, right? So they talked okay. about with Gail and they talked about Dewey, who was played by David Arquette in the first five films. One of those great characters. You just love Dewey because he's just this dope. It was I was sad to see him finally go in part five. But like Dewey gets stabbed and fucked up in every single movie. Like, okay. like every single one, he should be dead. And then he doesn't finally die until there's no way the way he dives in five. You're like, Oh yeah, he's not coming back from that one. <laughs> like, that's not possible. But in the rest, like there's always somebody that survives that shouldn't even remotely come close. Like Chad. Yeah. There's no, it, I, it, I was like, he's dead. Yeah. And there's that's a legacy of that with him too. Cause Randy, his uncle, he gets fucked up a couple of times too and survives the first movie, like he takes a couple of, I think he gets shot and he gets stabbed in the first one and still comes away from it. Yeah, I was just thinking the blood loss, like, and oh, Tara yeah. got stabbed in the gut. Well, I think she's just, just like, fine. Yeah, <laughs> just chilling. And I'm sitting there going, like, dear, that's, that's a bad place to get stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're probably missing a kidney. And that's not a little knife. Like those knives no. are like seven inch blades. You're, that's going almost out of your back. Like when it's a yeah, hill like that. Especially on a little girl like her. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, as long as that's but kind yeah, of a trope normal. as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's a normal thing for 
them to endure multiple stab wounds. Yeah. Be completely fine. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty I horrible. will tell you, so beginning, oh. right, with this bar scene, mm-hmm. I was livid. Why? Because of how stupid she is. That's <laughs> That's also... That's also a trope. Yeah, because they lean that. into the fact that most of the people in these movies, the actual horror movies, are really fucking dumb. Right. Because I, I was sitting there, I was like, okay, good. Meet someone in a public place. I was like, perfect. Bad. Go outside to tell them what color the building is. <laughs> Once you've confirmed that you told them the right color, go back inside the building. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cut down an alley. Yeah. Oh, I'll come meet you in the alley. No, bad. Very bad. And then <laughs> wave so I can see it's you. Don't walk further into the alley. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. No shit. Uh, you got to be kidding me. Flash Thompson even called her out on it where he was like, yeah. you're a horror film professor and you walked into a dark alley alone. Yeah. Moron. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that kicked off, and I was already like on the edge of my seat, going, "What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop! Stop! Stop being an idiot!" I even leaned over to Oshi, and I was like, "If you ever do something that stupid, we're we're done." <laughs> I love <laughs> like that. you have to be smarter than this. Yeah, well, and that's yeah, they do that a lot. Where you're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Just because that's such a horror film trope, where you're like, "Why are you going upstairs?" If there's yeah, noise and people are dying in your town, Rand, don't leave. Like, just yeah. fucking go away. Yeah, <laughs> go buy a plane ticket. Get the fuck out of here. But I'll tell you what, I loved the opening of this film because it was different. So I was like, okay, this is pretty typical. Somebody always dies in the first few minutes of this, these movies as an opening. But when they when he pulls his mask off right out of the gate, I was like, wait, what? How do I already know who this killer is? I was like, where are they going with this? So I was like really excited for a second because I was like, ooh, they're really going different, which I was like, that's cool. And then when he gets back to the apartment, I was like, and his phone rings. I'm like, oh, here we go. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But I was like, that's interesting. I liked that twist of how they set these poor fuckers up and use them as kind of like a shield. Calling card. Yeah. For you know, how we're going to get away with actually being the murderers by basically helping create these two murderers. I also yeah. like the addition of the masks that were left with the different DNA. That was the other piece that, though it really helped me know exactly that this cop was involved because DNA doesn't work that way. Like you can't get it that fucking fast. It takes a while for DNA to be analyzed and be able to be. And this dude knew the same fucking day every time. Yeah. He's like, that's got this DNA on it. That's got this DNA on it. So I'm like... This fucking guy's playing him. Like, there's no way that they're telling him because he, he can't know that. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I I enjoyed it being the first time mm. you were to the franchise because at one point when I was guessing everybody, mm. I did have Quinn on my radar because oh, yeah, yeah. her dad was like, "Well, we can rule out Quinn," and I already picked him. I was like, "Oh, nope." But then when we see her come through, it never even crossed my mind. Fake. So I was like, "Oh, no, never mind." Okay this dude is really jacked up if he's going to let his own daughter die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I was also thinking maybe there's another copycat out there. Mm. Like the two guys at the beginning. So I enjoyed, well, enjoyed the misdirect 
or the way that they kept everything kind of flowing, like you said at the beginning, where there's enough of a hint that maybe possibly it could be this person. There's enough that if that's the way we wanted to go, we could involving everybody. So I enjoy air quotes, enjoyed. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Well, that, it's a good staple of the films. Like, unfortunately, because you've seen the fit, the sixth one now, like, you know, a little bit about the first one enough that that mystery won't be there. But the first one, that was the best part. You're like, cause there wasn't a single character except for maybe like one who's the main Sydney that they kept mentioning this one played by Nev Campbell that you didn't say, I think it's that like literally the whole fucking town. You're like, it's a bunch of fucking murders. God damn. Like <laughs> everybody's in on it. And, and that's one of the funniest lines in the first one is like Randy, the uncle, these, this twins uncle like freaks. He's everybody's a suspect. Like, it's just, and that's what they lean into with these movies. So it's always just as much fun trying to figure out who the killer or killers are as it is to watch them just completely lambaste the entire horror genre within this horror movie. And they did a great job keeping up with it. Like, look, is this going to be some Oscar winning movie? Hell no. None of them ever are, but it was fun. And I liked that they got out of Woodsboro. They got out of the small town. It was fun to be in New York. It adds a whole nother level of like, they try to run out of a window and they're in a freaking four story walk up going, God damn it. <laughs> right. We got to crawl across the ladder to get out. But why does this dude got a ladder at his apartment just randomly next to the window? Like I that, got you. <laughs> that's when I started suspecting cute boy. Right. I was like, that's a conveniently blazed ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. The only reason like I, maybe that's how you got in the apartment in the first place. Yeah. The only reason I didn't think it was cute boy was because the boyfriend trope is way overplayed in the screen movies. And so they constantly, it's like back and forth. And the last one was a boyfriend. So I was like, no, it can't be. Can't yeah, be. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I liked it. The only thing that gets weird. So the first one is, so in part five, Skeet Ulrich, her dad, which mm -hmm. we find out is a Billy Loomis, like, she was having a lot of visions of him in the first one in part five. I keep saying the first one, but part five. And I kind of liked that twist. I, what I wish they would do, and maybe they'll do it for seven. I don't know. They kind of leaned into it at the end where she goes a little nuts and she's stabbing the shit out of freaking Dermot Moroni's character. And she's got that smile on her face with the gun when she pops the daughter in the head. Yeah. Like, so I was thinking as I was driving home from watching the movie, I was like, you know, it might be interesting. I don't know how you pull it off. I'd have to think it through, which I'm sure I will at some point, but seeing her ghost faced a ghost face, like she stumbles upon like early on some dude that's planning on being the next ghost face. And the whole movie is her just fucking torturing this bastard. Like every time he goes to kill somebody, like she's like right she there. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would love to see like a ghost face duel. And one of them, we know exactly who it is. And the other one, we're like, who the hell is this ghost face? That's And every time they go to kill, like they walk in, the person's already dead. And then they get the phone call from another ghost face going, got you again. Or so, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how you do that, but I think that would be funny as fuck. Because I like this girl that plays Samantha. Yeah. Like, I, I really like Melissa Barrera. I like, she has kind of like that twisted... I believe her as a little bit of a psycho. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that would be a nice way to end the Scream franchise with some weird twist. And yeah, it could be fun. That, was that would be kind of cool. 
to have ghost facing the ghost facing. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you were like, oh, this ruined the movie or ruined the illusion of Ghostface and Scream? I don't think there was anything that ruined it. The predictability hurt me, but I get it. You know, you don't know, you don't have Nev Campbell who carries pretty heavy, like she's always in these movies. And so the, this is the first time she's not. And that created kind of a controversy. So I think having like a Dermot Moroni, I think what they did is they felt like they had to bring someone in that's going to bring people into the movie just by them being in it. So I think that bothered me. So it was, I was glad to hear that you liked her little rant. It wasn't Mindy. Yeah. 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 Mindy's little. I'm glad you liked it. Cause for me, it was like, it's in every fucking movie. So I was oh, like, so you've heard it before. Yeah. And the, the last one in part five, like it made a lot of sense because each one kind of makes fun of itself. Like part two, they, Randy talks about in a sequel, all bets are off, right? Body counts higher. The violence is up a notch. So they literally are making fun of a sequel. And then there's someone else that comes in on the third one and talks about it's uh, the trilogy and the trilogy there are no rules. And then in part four, you got to watch the first like 20 minutes because it's hilarious mm-hmm. because they have the stab movies that are being made. And at the opening sequence is like the opening sequence of like eight stab movies. <laughs> so it just goes to sh- like, it's making fun of the fact that yes, we made another one. We're just like every other horror franchise where we just find a way to keep it going. Right. Right. And then in part five, the thing was a requel. That's why they kept saying the requel. And Mindy, who, again, was the niece of Randy, who did the original speech of the horror film, talked about it's a requel. We don't do sequels anymore. We don't want to, not quite a sequel, but it's not quite a reboot. So you got the requel. And so when this one, I was like, how do you, you already did the requel. So now you're in a sequel. I was like, okay, I love the speech, but it was a little long. So I think in that moment, I was like, Jesus Okay, I get it. But that's, I love that you loved it because that means it still worked. It was oh, just yeah. a me thing. I was just cracking up because she's like, legacy characters aren't safe anymore. And you kind of see like her twin chat kind of, <laughs> you know, perk up a little bit of that one. Yeah. Um, and the whole Ethan, I'm going to die a virgin? <laughs> Too much information, but yes. <laughs> well, and that part was a good twist because one of the things that Randy talks about in the first film is never have sex. Like (laughs) you can't have sex. If you have sex, you're dead. And then it was like only the Virgin lives. And Randy at that moment, at the end of the movie, I don't want to give that away if we're going to watch, but at the end of the movie, he makes a funny line about being a virgin about, I was never so happy to be a virgin. (laughs) And, and so like, that was a nice callback with, I'm going to die a virgin (laughs) because in the, in the originals, the virgins don't die it's always a virgin. That's the final girl. Right. So, right. Or, you know, and the survivor. So it was really funny. That one got me when he's like, I'm going to die a virgin. And then I laughed even harder when she kills him at the end. And she's like, you did die a virgin. I was like, yeah, we're subverting more horror rules. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get over partway through like, or couldn't connect the dots on Samantha's like suspect number one. Hmm. But in no way, shape, or form is she being monitored by the police or under custody or, you know, if they don't think it's actually her in productive custody, she's obviously the target. She's at all these crime scenes. So I was sitting there going, I was like, really? 
yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, you know, because I was also like, okay, the cop's a bad guy. But I would have thought, you know, a couple uniforms yeah. going by on a patrol every once in a while, letting them know, like, you know, they did all this stuff off the police radar. And I was like, really? You know, I could understand having the same kind of concept, uh, cabin in the woods mm. or someplace off the beaten track, but in New York City. Yeah. Really? No, they'd have the closest three precincts down there. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. No shit. But, you know, having that would have probably messed up the storyline in a huge way. Um, mm. But then near right at the end where you have cute boy come in with, you know, an army of police officers. And I was like, we could solve this problem real quick. <laughs> quick, fast, in a hurry. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because <laughs> I have a hard time believing if you called up the precinct and like, hey, I'm the one Ghostface is after. I'm going to be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they wouldn't send a bunch of people with you. Yeah, that's true. Like, that is one thing. I didn't really think about that until you're talking about, like, the fact that, like, it was kind of weird that she's, like, suspect number one, and all they did was question her once. You know what I mean? Yeah. I will say that that's one difference where, because in the past, it's always been in small town, with the exception of, like, there was one in L.A., because in part three was in L.A., but there was investigation going on. Half the movie took place with an FBI agent involved. But the rest of them are in Woodsboro, or in small towns where you're dealing with a sheriff and maybe yeah. two deputies, you know what I mean? So it's hard to... You don't have the resources. Yeah, in New York City, there's cops fucking everywhere. So, like, yeah, that makes... I, I get what you're saying there. Yeah, I didn't even think about that because I was so used to the small town setting that I'm like, oh, it's just normal scream. There's no cops anywhere. Except yeah. for Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> and you already mentioned a lot about Dewey. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be better off with the sheriff and yeah. the two deputies. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. So that was Great. just a little part where I was thinking, you know, suspect number one, New York City, she's in custody. Yeah. Or at least being held, you know, there have to be a lawyer or whatever thing, whatever rules you want to create. Or if she's suspect number one, but also not being, you know, just being monitored or something because she's also victim number one, protective custody. <laughs> yeah. Get her into some sort of safe house and post uniforms at the doors. Because then that could add another element to that whole kind of deception where if you have a couple of uniforms at two exits and two of them get stabbed. Mm. And, you know, then you have that kind of thing. Like, who who knew we were here? That's oh, well, true. Cute Boy did. And Bailey's dad did because he dropped us off. And yeah. you know, it adds that other layer. Sure. Which then wouldn't have would have made more sense to me coming in. Because that's what, you know, you see in like a CSI episode or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this, this kind of reminded me of was almost like a TV cop drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some ways. That's fair. But, I mean, it didn't really deflect a whole lot for me. I was just sitting there going, Is this, uh, let's see, if I was the police chief, <laughs> how would I handle this situation? Mm-hmm leave my top suspected killer on the loose to kill more people in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or this girl shows up. Is at every fucking crime scene? And one of her friends dies every time. Like, why are we not just put a couple cops with her at all fucking times? Yeah. We'll figure this out one way or another. Either it's going to stop or we're going to catch this asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't, like I said, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, in a big city like New York, come on. 
They're not going to just let some serial killer go without at least some sort of effort to protect or catch. Yeah. Yeah. But that would be my like biggest beef, I guess you could say. But I mean, it was more the fact that since I was so tense, I was looking for stuff to try and make myself less tense. Sure, sure. (laughs) I I think there was a couple of deaths, at the very least one, the Annika girl on the ladder. Like, I think the Anika one bothered me because when she got stabbed and like they show like all the blood. She's dead before she steps on the amount of blood she was losing at the very least. She's not getting on that ladder because you're going to pass the fuck out. Like most people can't even give a pint of blood without them giving them some cookies and fucking juice. This girl lost a pint just watching it in one second. Before she put her hands there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, man, she wasn't, she hadn't lost any color. Like she was, and 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 that one felt like forced for like drama purposes to give like mindy like a connection mm-hmm. you know what i mean where i'm like uh, and then her death was just kind of boring you fall off and hit your head i mean the after shot was cool like her face all instantly swollen from hitting the fucking dumpster but i would almost rather have her just like splat on the concrete but what i really would have just preferred is have her like not even get on the ladder and she just gets her throat cut at the window. Cause that would have been more realistic. I could tell they were just trying to have a unique kill. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need that. Like this is stat. This is a freaking screen movie. Like slice her up. Like that's what you do. I don't need it. Yeah, that's what kill. I'm here to see. I'm here to see the slasher. Yeah. And especially after the fifth one, cause the fifth one like had some brutal stabbing kills, like to the point that, Javier was like almost gagging on one of them. It was so bad. And he, and I was cringing. There was one in five that I was like, oh God, this is, oh shit. Because like, it goes in, because you know, the one dude took it, like the freaking Henry Zerny, the therapist took it right in the nose or whatever. So do that, but in slow motion. And it goes in this dude's cheek and it's slow uh, and you're watching it go. That was in five and Javier's over there going, Oh my God. And I'm just sitting in the theater. I was just sitting there going, this is rough. Like that's some good makeup work right there. <laughs> it's funny because you said that and I could hear Javier's voice. Oh yeah. That was the moment when he looked over at me and he's like, I fucking hate you. Like it, cause it was, it was brutal, dude. So I was, I was a little upset by that lame death cause it was lame. Especially yeah. not long after the, because that was shortly after the guy in the tub. Yeah. Just brutalized. Well, and even the guy in the freaking, the refrigerator in the beginning was like all folded up and his head sitting on. It's like, damn. And then the therapist, Henry Zerny's character gets, for, that was a great stab right in the face. Yeah. There was some great kills. And then you have ladder girl. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Not to I mention, can that. he can't flip the fucking ladder over. He's just bouncing it. Just fucking bear hug that shit. Like, yeah. you stab two of the three people that are holding it down on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you got the time. Um, just lift that window a little further and you can just flip that bitch. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of ways to get it done. Yeah, I just didn't enjoy it. That uh, kill. I was like, oh, this sucks. It was dumb. 
and you can see it coming. The instant yeah. they put the ladder, I'm like, oh, okay, somebody's gonna fall. Um, that's fine. But, somebody's gonna die. Yeah, but it was fun, and they had some fun yeah. characters. I didn't think they needed to bring Hayden Pinatieri back as Kirby, but it was all right. I liked Cute Boy. He was kind of funny. He was just because he was so awkward and weird. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And he still wants to date this psychopath. Mm, no, sorry. We're done. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. We ready to rate this thing? Let's do it. All right. I'll go first. Look, I will always be biased towards Scream movies. The nostalgia is real for me. I probably saw Scream 1 back in night. I was 15 years old. I probably saw it. Oh, God at least a half a dozen times in the theater because there was a dollar theater in Kentucky. I mean, my friends and I went and saw it. Hilarious moment. There's a part at the end where this guy comes running out of a house and my buddy Lamar, one of my best friends still to this day, Lamar, we all were laughing our asses because we all went and saw it as a group the first time. This guy comes running out. He's just a random extra comes running out, but he had a coat, this jacket on, this hat on. And he looked just like Lamar, like Lamar had a jacket. And so we were all like, fuck Lamar. I didn't even tell us you were in this movie. So it's just like, I have so many memories around the original scream. And I've always been a big fan of horror movies, even when I was a kid. And so the dire state of horror in nine, in the mid nineties was terrible. So my nostalgia is real for these movies. I will always enjoy them more than I should because I just love scream. Even the shitty MTV TV show, that was terrible. I enjoy to a certain degree. I just like it. The intensity, the whodunit aspect, the ridiculousness, the fact that it doesn't take itself seriously. And I've liked the last two movies, the ramp up of the violence. We've gotten into the, like you said, that everybody's a little desensitized to it. So you have to step up your game because the first movie, there's not a lot of brutality to it because it was the nineties. That was in the height of the, movies cause everybody to lose their minds. And then, you know, not long after you have the unfortunate experience of like Columbine. And so they were, everybody was really careful, rightly so in that time. Now they're less. So, so we have these violent, brutal, violent. I like that ramp up overall. Enjoyed it. Some weird issues. It's a sixth movie in a, it's never going to be great. Right. But it was enjoyable. It was fun. It makes me happy to hear someone for, that's never seen any of them have, they're like, oh, it was enjoyable, right? Especially someone not a huge horror fan. That makes me happy because I love these films, no matter how good or bad you might think they are. So I had a good time. I'm going to give it a two and a half. I think it's middle of the road. I, it's not like it's something that if I'm going to go watch a Scream movie, I'm going to watch the original. But to keep my hype going on Scream, I love that we still have them. I can't wait till seven. I hope they paid Nev Campbell enough to actually come back this time instead of being dicks. And uh, cause it'll be even better if she's involved, but yeah, just enjoyed myself thoroughly watching another screen film. All right, buddy. Let's see. I am not a horror fan. I hate horror. I don't even like really suspenseful or thrillers. I like to be able to relax when I go to the movies and not, you know, have to sit in the back road to put my back up against a wall or, you know, carry a knife around for the next four weeks because all of your problems could be solved in these Scream movies if you just walk around with a Bowie knife. Problem solved! (laughs) Which I'm surprised that, you know, Sam's character only had a taser. Because you got to get real up and close and personal with that taser. Get a longer knife than what Ghostface has. Keep your distance. Good advice for you. But like JJ uh, said, and 
you know, we talked about earlier, I enjoyed it. Surprisingly, I didn't go leaving the theater, sidling along the wall, just, you know, inching my way back to the car. I was able to leave it at the theater, which is something that I typically cannot do when I see a scary movie. I take it home with me for about four months. So that being said, I'm actually going to break the rope. I'm going to give it a three. (laughs) Look at you, buddy. I love that. I can't believe I'm going to rate a scary movie higher than JJ did. I know. Um, But this is one that I would easily watch again. Come Halloween time or spooky season, I feel like it's going to what JJ said. No, it stands up to what Scream is supposed to be, which is this goofy kind of horror trope. But it still has, you know, a couple of scary points into it that fit the theme of the season. So, and and now that I know where everything is, I'll be okay. Like during the subway scene Mm. where the lights kept going out, I was sitting there, I was like, move. (laughs) Move. There's nowhere to go though. (laughs) I don't care. Like the chick that was sleeping next to you, wake her up and be like, hey, switch me spots. No shit. No shit. (laughs) What are you doing? Just sitting there waiting. So now that I know where everything is, I think I could actually sit down and enjoy it even more on a mm. second watch. So I'm more yeah. than likely watch this again. So yeah, I'm going to give it a three. Love it. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to work on this. I got to figure out, I think it's on available on Amazon prime. The okay. original scream. So I think we can watch party this son of a bitch and let's, uh, let's do it. Let's watch party it and record it. Cause I think that only be great. if gray wants it, let's do that. If there gray you go. wants a watch party, we can yeah, do yeah. a watch party. Let's do that. <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. Because I think you'd get, if you got a kick out of this one, I think you'd really get a kick out of the first one. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's great, dude. It's great. Yeah, there it is. What a fun movie. So glad we were able to do that. Alec, tell everybody where they can find us, man. I would love to. Thank you for tuning in to our review of Scream 6. Like I said earlier, I really need to kick this bad habit of entering movie franchises at the end because I was lost for most of this movie, but that turned out to be okay because I did catch that the cop was the bad guy because, duh, (laughs) super obvious. Anyway, if you enjoyed this episode of What's Our Verdict, drop a ginge cringe in the comments below so Mattson knows you care. And find our other content wherever you get your podcasts, including such platforms as Apple, Stitcher, Ghana, and of course, YouTube, where you can see our faces that go with the voices. Uh, special shout out to our patron, Ginge Cringe Appetite. You are the most important member of our core four. <laughs> if you like who you who we are and what we do and want to support the pod more directly, you can join us on Patreon, where every dollar earned is used to bribe me into watching scary movies. With that, I will send you back to the Prince of Pounders, the Sashmo Slug, JJ. That's the most accurate plug you've given to Patreon ever. That's literally (laughs) what that shit does. (laughs) Yeah, I still think Charles is going to put a hurting on you, bro. I think he's going to do it as well. I was thinking about it while I was sitting in the... Really sick. I was sitting in the theater theater and that preview was in in Scream. Yeah, all of them were. Yeah. All the scary ones. The Boogeyman was in there too. See, Boogeyman wasn't in my Scream one. But uh, that one was, and I was watching and I was laughing because I was like, oh, it's perfect timing too because his next choice is in April. Yeah, And it comes out in April. I was like, oh, Alec is so fucked. (laughs) Um, Yeah, shit's great. So yeah, there it is. Man, we appreciate you guys tuning in for our ridiculousness. And uh, as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out.